Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And a good morning to you. Um, I, it is uh, July 24th, and uh, currently uh, Robert Mueller is, is testifying uh, before a congressional committee, this much-anticipated uh, appearance, and I am going to assume that no nobody is listening in real time. So um, I, I'm, and and if in fact you are, I have only one question for you: What are you doing? Why aren't you listening to the Mueller report? I'm serious. I would be. I have been all since it started and we'll go directly back to it uh so that that is my assumption and uh and i'll just do the show and uh, we'll avoid uh talking about things uh all things muller i guess because we'll tackle that tomorrow um so i'm i'm just going to use uh, this opportunity to deal with some things that I haven't gotten around to, uh, things of concern that are happening, but in these crazed times, uh, we become so overwhelmed with you-know-who that it becomes difficult to keep track of all the things that we should be paying attention to and would under normal circumstances. Actually, what I'm about to talk about does is a result of Donald Trump's presidency, but it's not the stuff that we, um, I guess, normally are are discussing. Uh, this came to me uh, via a, a friend at the University of Pittsburgh uh, yesterday, and it is a a letter uh, from the chancellor of the University of Pittsburgh to, it says, uh, dear fellow Pitt community members. So I suspect the community would mean faculty, uh, staff, students. Um, and so many of you may have already seen this, but I just want to note some of what uh, Pitt's chancellor uh, said because he has to be... Uh, he has to be, uh, what the hell's the word? He has to be telling us, that's not the word I was looking for, about a concern that is shared by uh, other presidents of universities and chancellors of universities all over this country. And this a direct result of Donald Trump being the president uh, now. And I, I'm just going to read a little bit bit, okay, and I won't paraphrase. Pitt's chancellor says, our very mission <clears throat> demands a global perspective. We seek to tackle the world's greatest challenges. We welcome the most talented faculty, students, staff, and visitors from near and far, and we collaborate with the most distinguished scholars, universities, and research institutions around the world. These international collaborations are the oxygen for our vibrant and rich academic environment. Yet this long-standing tradition of global academic engagement is increasingly under attack. National and economic security are based to a large extent on access to the latest knowledge and technology. This linkage places research-intensive universities like the University of Pittsburgh at the front lines of these issues. As a result, and for the first time since the end of the Cold War, University-based research and scholarships are facing calls to restrict global engagement. A rising tide of fear is fueling uncertainty 
confusion, and rapidly changing responses by our federal agencies and the effects of government policies on research universities have been especially striking. Collaborations between scientists across national boundaries have been subject to unprecedented scrutiny. Established practices have been prohibited on technicalities. And researchers, particularly researchers who are immigrants and visitors from China, have been the target of aggressive investigations and public sanctions. At Pitt, our mission demands better, and so does our university community. <coughs> I mean, I, I've edited that. I'll just I'll give you his pen, uh, his penultimate uh, paragraph here. For the international members of our academic community, I will state the obvious. You belong here. We welcomed you to our campus in good faith and in compliance with all applicable laws and regulations, and we want you to have a productive and positive pit experience. We will continue to do our part to help you feel at home here no matter where else you have called home. That signed Chancellor Patrick Gallagher. This is just another indication of the trauma and damage that this Trump presidency is causing. <coughs> Forgive me, I'm, I'm really all stuffed up. And you know why we, con we concern ourselves with this over here, there's that happening over there, all of them connected, all equally of concern, all things that we should be aware of. I think the fact that increasingly we are seeing statements such as this, now from a major university chancellor, and actions such as nuns, old nuns, lying down in the shape of a cross in a, a government buildings protesting the actions of our government people guarding their neighbors who are being targeted by ICE. I want to um, share with you something that a member of Congress uh, put out on Twitter uh, the other day, and I'm not quite sure what she's talking about, but this is scary. And I've been seeing a lot of reports uh, like this. I mean, they, Trump and his anti-immigrant uh, racist uh, administration are working 24-7 to terrorize anyone who was not born here and, in some cases, terrorizing those who were. I'm looking at a picture of a, of a young man who was on his way to a college soccer tryout in Texas. He, was, he is uh, 18 years old, I believe, and he, he's an American citizen. He was born in Dallas <clears throat> because uh, he goes back and forth he carries with him, he goes back and forth to Mexico where he also has family, he carries with him on a regular basis his birth certificate, his state ID, uh, his social security card, his everything he can have which shows I am an American. 
he was stopped at a border patrol traffic checkpoint in South Texas about a month ago. And he showed the agents all of his papers. Give me your papers, please. Something, as I think I've said to you, I thought only Nazis said in World War II movies to frightened people. And now is happening regularly in the United States. Give me your papers, please. And he did. And the agent said, these are forgeries. And they took him in. They shipped him off to an ICE facility. And there this young American citizen was stuck for one week, for two weeks, for three weeks, and he was finally released, I believe, yesterday. <coughs> what would take so long? An American citizen. When he was released, there was no apology. No apology, but then, you know, he has a, he's a little brown, little brown, and, uh, you know, speaks Spanish. So that, there's that, and then there's this, as I said, from Representative uh, Diane DeGette. The Trump administration's new expedited removal rule Expedited removal rule. You're aware of that? Should terrify us all. It will allow ICE officers to approach anybody in the United States without probable cause. They will now have the right to go up to any of us and demand we prove we're a citizen. Your papers. Anyone who gets stopped who can't will be deported. No trial, no hearing. I'm sorry, but this... Again, I will say it. I thought officers of, you know, the state being allowed to stop anyone on a street, demand they prove they're a citizen, and if they cannot, they're disappeared. They are deported. No trial, no hearing. Again, that is what I thought happened in Nazi Germany and the countries it invaded and occupied. I learned that from all those old movies I'm always watching. Your papers, please. And people, I mean, there's a, you know, one of my favorite movies, Casablanca, it's right there, some poor guy in the film is being asked by two officers, your papers, and he says, uh, I have them here, I, I thought, and you could see the terror on his face, and then he just starts running, and they shoot him in the back. I, uh, I hadn't heard about this expedited removal rule. He apparently did that with an executive order? I don't know. We got to pay attention. We got to pay attention. There is so much awful stuff going on. Frightening stuff, to be clear. And and I would argue that if anybody, if you know someone who's not frightened, 
<clears throat> wow, <laughs> they're really not paying attention. I feel so sorry. My son was talking to me about it yesterday, and he said, I just, he, he was saying, I just laugh. I said, it's not funny. He said, I don't know what, what. He just, and he's brown-skinned. He was not born here. He could easily be one of the people who would get stopped and would just disappear. <clears throat> Frightening. Apparently, there <coughs> the Mueller testimony is in a little break. So I do have a few people listening. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm proceeding as if no one's there. Um... Chuck writes, I watched the opening statements and the first two sets of questions. Mueller comes across as somewhat feeble. You know, I, I had that same reaction. Boy, he seemed old. <laughs> he really seemed old. He keeps asking for questions to be repeated. And, uh, yeah, I was shocked. Uh, Chuck had the same observation. He says, and when he does answer, he hesitates a lot and seems to have a problem putting a sentence together. He's not coming across as a capable witness. He's rattled. I don't, I don't, I wonder. I wonder. Boy, and the Republicans, some of them are loathsome. This is shocking, right? Um, in their questioning of him. It's pretty outrageous. Uh, Here's somebody, Barbara, asking, uh, this is in a tweet she saw, is Mueller prepared as a witness because he's coming across bumbling, fragile? He can't hear a lot of questions? Yeah, well, <coughs> I think, so we're all seeing the same, we're having the same reactions. It it could be, uh, well, Barbara writes, or is it maybe as a cautious, God knows he is, cautious, careful man who has reverence for the rule of law, he is too old to manage this disinformation campaign going on and is continuing by the Republicans in today's hearing. I mean, they're throwing things at him like, and why didn't you do this? And, th and he's like, what? I mean, it's, it's because he's living in the real world and they're just grandstanding for their base. And I know he's answered a lot of their questions saying that it's not, I can't remember his exact phrase, but that it's not his purview. It's not my purview, he's saying. He, and there's nothing in there, your report, blah, 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 blah. It's not my Why didn't you send Hillary Clinton to the gas chambers? It, uh, not my purview. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah. I think the Democrats are, as far as I saw, doing very well. Very disciplined, eliciting, uh, highlighting uh, information uh, doing, I think, very well. The Republicans are there to, of course, uh, do what they do now, which is obfuscate <coughs> and, uh, and, and throw chaos into the proceedings. Um, little Tony writes, they just took a break, and the last interview was Jim Jordan. Oh, God. What a slimy little worm, says, says well, he really is. He's the one, by the way, let us not forget. He is the one who was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State when the doctor to the team was molesting, I believe, over a hundred athletes there. Hmm? It's, it was known. He has lied about knowing about it. This is a despicable, 
human being. Um, so the hearing has just started again. Okay, bye everybody. I'll, you know, tune in later. Um, and little Tony also says, I think he needs a hearing aid. But then I think I do too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all getting old. We have a caller? Caller, you're supposed to be listening to the Mueller hearing. Glenn. Yeah, you're listening. You should be listening to the hearing. Real quick, I, no, I don't care about that shit. I already have my opinion made. Uh, he's he's acting like the same fucking guy he was when he did the Iran Contra thing. He's the same bumbling idiot that they think he's so wonderful. When he when they they got him in there, I knew he was going to be a blunder. So he he seems the same. I don't I don't think that the guy have a brain. I mean, they brag him up so goddamn much, but I don't think he practiced law that long either. <laughs> I think he spent most of the time in the FBI. <laughs> All so right. I, I, All I right. was never impressed with him from day one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, see you later. See ya, bye. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. Okay. Uh, oh, Terry says, I'm listening to you. I could not maintain listening. <laughs> what does that mean? You couldn't emotionally stand it, or you... I, too, Terry says, reacted to Mueller seeming old and feeble. Well, we're all having that same reaction. So I guess he seems old and feeble. I think he's just worn out by this, says Terry. I miss you on Fridays, but understand your need for escape. So glad we still have your sanity four days a week. Enjoy those sunny, no rain days. Oh, God, I am. Isn't it wondrous? I just sat out in my backyard all afternoon yesterday. Wow. Okay, let me... Um, and then Barbara sent me this yesterday, and I hadn't heard about this. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, like, uh, Trump and his uh, his fascist ilk really seem to be trying to dismantle... <laughs> Why am I laughing? Oh, I got my son's tick. Uh, dismantle everything that we value <clears throat> about this country. So here's something else, and this is from NBC News. And it escaped me. Uh, so here we go. Hundreds of prominent human rights organizations... Senators and religious leaders are sounding the alarm over the Trump administration's new Commission on Unalienable Rights. Were you aware there was a Commission on Unalienable Rights? And what the F is that? Anyway, a whole bunch of... I mean, people were talking about the ACLU, the Center for Disability Rights, the Anti-Defamation League, um, uh, yeah, you, you name every um, human rights organization in, in the country. And they have s s sent uh, letters of dismay to the Secretary of State, who turns to, out to be the guy who created the commission. So they sent these letters of protest to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, yesterday. And those letters accused the State Department of sidelining women's rights and the LGBTQ community um, in favor of what they term religious liberty. So I didn't know about this. The Secretary of State, Pompeo, formed the commission earlier this month, and in doing so, he said it would, and these are his words, provide fresh thinking about returning the government's focus to natural law and natural rights. Is that code for 
gay people not being natural? Or disabled people not being natural? What, what does that mean? Provide fresh thinking about returning the United States to promoting natural law and natural rights. And what the people who are alarmed about this are saying, guys, understand what this means. That is code for ending or limiting America's advocacy abroad for women, uh, women's health, uh, LGBT, any marginalized groups, because I guess they ain't normal. One letter that was signed off on by more than 180 human rights groups, including the ACLU, the Anti-Defamation League, the Center for Disability Rights, that letter demands that the commission be abolished. They say the commission is being overseen by clergy and others known for extreme positions opposing LGBTQ and reproductive rights, including some who they say have defended indefensible human rights violations. Okay, so unbelievable. The uh, just that's another thing that I hadn't heard. Uh, you know, when you're living in a country that is turning before our eyes from a democratic republic to a fascist uh, autocratic state, uh, it's hard to keep track. It is our responsibility to keep track. I had another thing here about what the EPA is up to. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, the EPA just weakened uh, regulation on toxic chemicals. Uh, a chemical that is banned all over the world. Because it is known to really screw up children. was not banned by our EPA. In April, the EPA disregarded the advice of its own experts, its own scientists, when officials issued a rule that restricted but didn't ban something called, God, these things have such names that I can't pronounce, chlorpyrifos. They also did the same with asbestos. I thought asbestos was banned. I, I thought asbestos was banned. It isn't anymore. It isn't anymore. A known carcinogen. The one they also, that all other industrialized countries ban outright, is, is uh, sold under the commercial name Lors Ban. And it has... It has already been banned for household use. But it turns out that farmers are using it for growing over 50 fruit, nut, cereal, and vegetable crops. And that puts this chemical banned in every other industrialized nation in the world. That means that chemical, I can't pronounce, is in our food. It's in our vegetables. It's in our fruit. And there is overwhelming scientific but evidence that this particular chemical harms children's brains. Last week, the EPA approved broad use of a pesticide that harms bees. This, when we know 
the bee population all over the earth are under stress and are in some cases endangered by our chemical usage. And our EPA just signed off on something that is known to harm bees. And I got news for them. We can't live without bees. We sure as hell could live without you. Oh my God. After Trump said yesterday that uh, I could wipe Afghanistan off the face of the earth. But then showing what a humanitarian he is, he says, but I didn't want to kill 10 million people. Obviously that ain't going over real well in Afghanistan. I'll let a guy who is described as a street vendor in Kabul have the, well, just to sort of sum up the general reaction of people in Afghanistan to Trump's remark. When asked how he felt about it, Khan Ali, a street vendor, said he is not a sane person. We know that. Okay, um, let's get uh, City Papers Ryan Dito in here to talk about non-Trump stuff. God. <laughs> and I and there's, I you have there's so much Trump stuff to talk about. Oh my God! Well, I've I've just done a half I've just done a half hour <laughs> okay. of one horror after another. Have you heard of this damn thing? No. The um the Commission on Unalienable Rights. No, I have not. Oh, oh well, boy. you should hear about okay. this. This is a creation of the State Department. Okay. Mike Pompeo. Yep. Every human rights organization in the country is asking him to abolish this immediately. It is meant to... He wants... The commission is meant to provide fresh thinking about returning the government's focus to promoting natural law and natural... What does that mean? Yeah, well, you'll have to ask one of these people living in that other universe. I see. It means, I think, like women traditional are, women are screwed con- conservative me- and uh, uh disabled people are screwed yeah. okay. uh, lgbt yeah. uh, q people yeah. screwed yeah, yeah. All, the, all, all the civil rights that were fought for and what decades they, ago and what they want right. to uphold instead is what they call religious liberty we, we have that though uh well no um <laughs> I, because that seems to grant Liberty to like Muslims and yeah, Jews, Jews and yeah. atheists other, even and yeah, yeah I know and Mormons. they need one going back to what things should be mm. for white Christians okay yeah. straight white Christians yeah. not surprised but I mean we don't even know about this stuff yeah <sighs> could they just like maybe focus on running a non-corrupt you know administration oh, for a little come bit on. that would be nice hey, come on. <laughs> so I got to tell you Ryan nobody's okay. listening to us um, okay. Because everybody's listening to them. Oh, that's right. The, the report. Yeah. I got a little I flurry like to, of that. I, I always like to read later. I like to read it later. Sometimes it's a little bit it's like car Well, I have to lie. tell you, I d- you yeah. haven't seen any of it? No, because I was just meeting with a, another journalist in the area. Oh. Talking talk shop. Talking shop. <laughs> so I was uh, listening to it, watching it. And uh, during they took a break a f- few minutes okay. ago. And so a bunch of folks who normally listen to my show I see quickly came back came back (laughs) and 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 told uh told me what's happening they all had the same reaction that I had when I saw it we all have had the same reaction okay which is Mueller seems almost feeble it's weird okay he can't Keeps asking for he needs he can't hear. Yeah, he seems to have trouble sometimes following a question. Okay, 
He's very halting. Mm-hmm. It's he's not coming across in any way as the sort of forceful. Yeah. It, it's we. It's almost as if his report was the actual thing to go on, and maybe not his testimony. Because you know what I'm saying, like well, as far know, as I could, his report was was damning. Yes, and opinion. that's what, and I think the Democrats. And that's what he's been saying over and over again. It's like just read the report. Right, exactly. And the Democrats are, at least what I saw, are doing a really good job at highlighting specific things in the report and okay. asking. And and he is yes, yes, okay. yes. yeah. And he'll, he's saying a lot. I refer you to the report. Got it. Or he'll say that's not in my purview. So yeah. he ain't adding much of anything. Yeah. But yeah. it is just, allowing yeah. this that. recitation of the damning stuff. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, if they started the impeachment proceedings? That could happen every day for the next, like, mo- like well, few months. You know, Nancy, get on it. Nancy, <laughs> it's a good point. I, I you know, I'm, I'm like, on so many issues now, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if she's right. It, oh God, that is true. That Republicans are Republicans. You go, you know, they do it. One Democrat, one Republican, mm-hmm. one Democrat. The Republicans are like hammering him on. And why didn't you yeah. do? And yeah. why yeah. isn't this? And. I swear, Hillary Clinton, yeah. Steele report, yeah. Steele dossier, yeah. why isn't yeah. that? And, and he's just, he sits there, lets them do their harangue, uh-huh. and does not respond. Which, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of indicative of how Republicans have been operating and, and the media and everything else, right? Is that they, they yell really loud and then they, they like come off as they strong or whatever and they get media coverage over something that it's it's not about the actual facts of the report but anyway so uh, i mean yeah. it, it, here's in fox news is saying in in the person of uh chris wallace mm-hmm. um this has been a disaster for the democrats and i think it's been a disaster for the reputation of robert Mueller. he has seemed very uncertain he doesn't know or seem to know things that are in the report. He's been attacked a number of times, and you would think that almost anyone could, would have defended his own integrity and the integrity of the investigation, and over and over he just sits silent mm-hmm. and allows the attacks. Yeah, that's his M.O., though, right? That is. I agree. That is. But He's not a politician. Like that, The problem is that I think is that the politicians aren't acting like politicians yeah. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the Democratic side. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Anyway. Oh dear. That's fun. Okay, I know you have things you want to talk about. No, whatever, but, whatever. But okay, did you see the trailer for the Tom Hanks, Mister Rogers? I did. Movie? Well, yeah, I, yes, I saw part of it. You're not a fan of the trailer? Yeah. No. Okay. Wow, a lot of people have been saying they're going to cry or whatever like that and everything. If you want to cry, I'm, I'm why? If you want to cry about Mister Rogers, just look at the documentary sure. that was made. I agree. Because that was like really recent too, and I heard I hear it, it was, was like, wonderful. Yeah, and I've watched it three times, and three times I sobbed through the whole thing. <laughs> and that is not Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers; it's it is him. Fred yes. Rogers. I think that's going to be hard to to emulate someone like Mr. Rogers. Yes, who, who we all know so yes, well. Everybody knows him. So I watched it as a kid. You know, like did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I did. I mean, it was before well, my yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I, I watched it as a kid. And I remember him, him walking in the door with that like dulcet, you know, that like dulcet tones that he has, and and you know, putting on his sneakers, and you know, all that stuff. I mean, that was like part of my childhood, and I think it's part of a lot of people. Did you, as a kid, did you really love the show, or did you love him, or did you feel I I you can't. I didn't. I I wasn't a super fan of the show growing up. I mean, I was a little kid, you know. Um, but uh, I did. I did. I did watch it growing up. It did. I do have early memories of of that show, and I do remember him. I do. I do remember his uh, um, his demeanor coming across as very welcoming and very open. And I think that's something that I think a lot very. of us, like even subconsciously, just kind of carried with us. You know, at least exactly a lot of, like, this you know, sort of gentle acceptance mm-hmm. of you and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. No, and maybe because I knew Fred, I I just I'm sorry I recoiled at Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Hanks is a really good actor, but I will say that I'm like I, that doesn't look like that doesn't. Look I mean, like he doesn't look Fred. anything like him, look and like because we like know, it, but but he doesn't even really have his voice, and he yes. doesn't. 
and he, he clearly lost weight for this, but he's not thin enough. Yeah, and it Fred just Rogers doesn't really thin. really thin. Yes, like he real. was a tall man and tall he, and thin. I think he was only like 140 pounds or something like 143. that. 143. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, yes. You, Yes, it, I'm it, just, it is interesting. I mean, I always find it funny when like there are great documentaries out there, and then people are like, "Oh, let's back up that documentary with a, with like a, a you know, um, a fiction, uh, exactly, you know, movie." And I'm like, "Yeah, but why? You know, like we we yes, we can remember the the era for what it was through a documentary." Especially for something that was on TV, so it's like we have plenty of video of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my god! But how are we going to visualize that? <laughs> well, there, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And the documentary, if you haven't seen yeah. it, is oh, I'm gonna watch. So uh, I think they're playing, it, they're playing in the park. Uh, one of the last movies at the cinema in the park, and yeah, I'm gonna go see it. I think okay. that's when I'm gonna go see it because I love going to the movies in the park. And being bitten by mosquitoes yeah, while you're you put, put the butt spray on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, Ryan, yeah. there was one thing I saw, and I think okay. it was because I follow you on Twitter. Yeah. What's this thing that the Port Authority doesn't control the bus stops? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I didn't see that from you. Maybe not, but I can talk about no, it. No, no, no. But they were saying that there's, Pittsburgh has, apparently, someone did a study, the worst bus stops what i'm talking about is we you know where you where you yeah. stand waiting yeah. for the bus yeah i guess we've been judged to have like the worst yeah yeah i and think i think a couple of our stops have been like judged by like some some like transit you know websites as like the worst stops okay and <laughs> i know i i know a few of them honestly like one on 65 near bell uh near bellevue is just awful um oh i think i know ex the, those stops in bellevue on 60 uh, yeah they're terrible someone they're, died there no actually. i was someone gonna say those there. look like, like uh I mean, you know I mean, i'm sorry no, Car you know cars are coming a mile a minute mm -hmm. and they're just they're not they're really there's not no shelter, marked there's, yeah, there's no, no shelter so i mean the people who need to take the bus yeah they know and no wave the bus down and yeah i no, yes. i agree i yeah, would yeah. so not want yeah especially our suburban stops and there's a, there's a lot of people in the suburbs that people don't think, but there's a lot of people in the suburbs, like first ring suburbs, like Bellevue, like Wilkinsburg, like Penn Hills. That rely on public transportation. That heavily rely on public transit. And we still have a pretty good system to serve them. Um, it could it can always be better. Uh, but, um, yes, but a lot of those bus stops, they're, well, they're like non-existent. They well, don't even have, there's, you know, there's but no here's shelters, there's no anything like that. And I did see... Um, the Port Authority talking about that's one of their initiatives is basically. But like they don't let. have the power. They were saying I that see. this is so odd. Each bus stop is controlled by different entities. That's why some are so nice. I, I see. Oh, I mean, you like, know, are they controlled by like each municipality, or are they? May, uh, I, that wasn't it clear on, on 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 where they're located. I, I guess. mean, maybe some person who they're in their front yard. I don't know. So I mean, yeah, a lot of um, well, because I, I don't think a lot of people understand that like um, our roads uh, in the area, the most of the main thoroughfares are controlled by PennDOT and the state. So they're the they're okay. They like manage the uh, maintenance and the upgrades and everything to those roads. And sometimes they can work with a municipality or the county to to do upgrades. They'll basically say like, oh, we're PennDOT, we're giving permission to Pittsburgh to um, do something about this. Uh, and so, and then other roads that are much uh, more side roads, which normally buses don't go on, um, are owned by like the municipalities, right. like Pittsburgh right, right, or, right. or Bellevue or, you know, these other places. And so I could imagine that the bus stops would probably go through the same thing and that Port Authority doesn't actually have any control over over those. So that's why there stops. can't be uniform. I mean, you would think if there's a bus stop, it should have a little cover and shelter for people. It doesn't have to be fancy. This is This is, a, this is actually a huge issue that a lot of transit people talk about in terms of, uh, making our public transit better. Most people um, are drawn to the uh, big shiny thing, whether it's Hyperloop, which isn't real, um, or 
or other, um, I don't know, monorails or, uh, yeah. uh, you know, gondolas, stuff Jetsons. like that. Jetsons! Yeah. Let's do Jetsons! <laughs> so a lot of people are drawn to that as yeah. a solution. Yeah. Um, but most transit advocates are very much of like, well, can't we just provide nice bus shelters for people? Hello. Because if you had a shelter to wait for the bus, you're probably a lot more likely to take the bus because exactly you're out right. of the elements. Maybe there's a nice seat. Maybe even in a perfect world, there's uh, a solar-powered heating element that like keeps you warm in the winter. That's not impossible. That's actually really easy technology that just and it costs should a little be bit more money, because but all three people sitting in this room right now use the bus. Yep, and we can tell you that there are some very uncomfortable moments, right? Yes, yeah, I mean, if course, it's because you're waiting in the elements, you yeah, know, it's uh, it's either raining or and or there's no reason or, to or have it's to, really hot, yeah. you know, um, and. It, the thing is, is that it's not that much money to put a lot of bus shelters in. It, it's a lot of money to build a Hyperloop, right? Again, which isn't real. Uh, but, and so I I think it's funny that, like, people think that, like, there there should be austerity towards, you know, public transit and, like, that it maybe is a waste to, to like, build a bus stop. But um, it, I, I, I don't think it is. And so that's, like, frustrating that the Port Authority doesn't even have authority to do so. And oh, this is where man, we have to, like... So- you know, coordinate municipalities. Yeah. I don't know where so. I got that. Yeah. So you got a piece. Sorry you got it. a piece about. Um, are you serious that like Pennsylvania in this 2020 election that it is conceivable that the Democrats could flip the state Senate? Yep. Absolutely. One hundred percent. You sure you're not just engaging? I'm in not. Like, I'm not. No. No. I'm being serious here. They. They 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 really only have to flip. I think I'm not 100 percent sure on the house, but I think mm, it's like they have to flip 11 districts for the house for the house because that would give them a net gain of like 2022 20, uh, to like to, to take a super slim majority. Obviously, it'd be better if they flip more than that uh, for the Senate. They have to flip four seats. Well, they have to flip. Yeah. No, they have to flip three seats because Pam Iavino, who, who, who I wrote about this week, um, holds on to one of them in the Pittsburgh suburbs. And so... No, but she has to run again. She has to run again. She has oh, to hold on to Oh, so she has to, to hold the seat. She has to hold it. Um, but what you're talking about is what... So she flipped. She flipped it. She flipped, she flipped it from it Republican April. to Democrat. Yep. But this is a district that voted... Uh, voted for Trump uh, by six points. Uh, voted for the former state senator, Guy Reschenthal. Uh, yeah. Uh, by 20 points, but the Democrats had a really weak candidate. Uh, I mean, so, sorry, sorry, <laughs> they did. <laughs> uh, he's now a member of Congress. Yeah, Guy Reschenthaler is so so. That's why because he ran for Congress and so he vacated his seat, and that's why they had to hold a special election, which then a Democrat won. And so her, so the Senate Democrats currently have 22 seats on the state Senate. For them to get a majority, they have to get they, 20. They only have to have 25 okay. because um, John Fetterman. John Fetterman, the, the lieutenant governor, vote. would have yes. the tiebreaker. And so okay. there are three other seats that are flippable, very flippable, Why extremely flippable. There's one in Erie that that for a long time did belong to Democrats and only be only because of this like Trump Republican wave had yeah, but had it flipped. And it's and and remember in the 2018 election, Erie went hard back to blue. You know, like it. But in 2020, when we got to do this flipping stuff, Trump's on the ballot again. Trump's on the ballot, and it and and it is really hard. But but in Western Pennsylvania, especially, ticket splitting is huge. It is so I. It is so much bigger than a lot of people think it is. That's that's honestly why Pam won her seat, and 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 these other. Well, I mean, it, no, because she had a special election. But there, but there are a lot of people who will split tickets, and if you have a really strong candidate. First state senator in Erie, of which they're trying to recruit. I think Ryan Bizarro, who's a state rep up there, is pretty popular. Might be a, um, a you know a candidate for that seat. Um, Ron DiNicola, who ran uh, for um, Congress and lost to Mike Kelly, but but actually made a lot of inroads, especially in Erie. He's from Erie. Um, like uh, really made a you know a strong showing. I- and then there's a seat in southeastern Pennsylvania, which is going crazy blue. Okay. And then there's a seat outside of Harrisburg, which is also starting to shift, too. So, so okay, it's, so it's possible. It's but if they get the right candidates and they really focus... Democrats are really good at not getting the right candidates. That's true. Especially in this It's true. State. But I will I mean, say that I've amazing. never seen the focus 
in my four years reporting here as much as on state legislators from the Democratic point of view as I've okay. ever seen. They, because they, they seem to be really focused. If we haven't figured out that we're doomed if we don't take control of the state legislature. Yes. Just doomed. Well, it's just... The gerrymandering. Well, we're lucky. We're lucky. We're lucky we're in lucky Pennsylvania with the because state we got Supreme the state Court. Supreme Court, which was huge, by the way. 2015. Whoever all voted in 2015, me, Lynn here. Good job, everybody. Did we do a good job or what? Because that was huge. <laughs> that was massive. I don't think people realize how big that oh was. Oh my god! The state Supreme Court. Oh. And uh, Republicans will be like, "Oh, see, that's proof of partisanship." Blah blah. It's like, uh, yeah, all the courts are partisan. Let's just like call it as it is. But, um. <laughs> And so, uh, yes, um, in terms of if, if Democrats in the state of Pennsylvania want to see their values reflected in, in the state, yes. and that includes stuff like non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people, that includes um, more benefits for lower income you know, Pennsylvania's that includes better environmental protections, that includes so many things. The reasons we can't get those done right now is because the Republicans control the state legislature. If correct. they flip that, Governor Wolf's still in office. He'll still be there. Right. If they flip those things, you'll have at least two years of a trifecta, a Democratic trifecta. I can't remember the last time they even had that. No, um, I can't either. And so I, I don't even know what would happen. It would be really interesting. I don't. It's hard to. It's really hard to predict exactly how it would play out in terms of what legislation would be passed. But man, it would be game changing. For the state. And these are things that the federal government has nothing to do with, that Trump, that Congress have nothing to do with, that if they were able to do it. And so that's, you know, and people I don't play that out. get that it is the governmental entity that is closest to you that has the most power yes. over your life. Yes. So we're talking now about the state legislature being so important, but. The city council, city the council county of- council, who's the district attorney where you well, live? Well, yeah, that's huge. District School board. Huge. We talk about this that is, in the future. Yeah, well. um, but um, uh, the uh, but in terms of what's really interesting about Pittsburgh is that you're right. Local is always the most important. Right. But I think what's even I would I would put the state legislator as very very close to that importance because they usurp they, act, because they usurp they local so of. Allegheny County laws because of our state constitution. I've never lived in a place like this. Yes, where be- I'm, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think <laughs> no, you're getting no, no, me. You're, you're pushing my buttons. Because of Allegheny County, I mean, because of our Pennsylvania constitution, Allegheny County does not have a lot of local authority over things. And so the state government has local authority. So that means people like Mike Terzai, Daryl Metcalf, and all other those, oh. those, those, those um, you know, uh, those horrible human beings. Yeah, the, yes, the Republicans quite there. Clear. Like they actually have control over a lot of our local laws, and so flipping the state legislator, which includes um, maintaining Pam Ivino's seat, who I wrote about profile of in the city paper uh, this week, and also trying to flip a maybe two or three um, state legislative seats here in Allegheny County suburbs, Moon, Fox Chapel, um, maybe Mike Terzai's seat, oh. uh, you know, up in the oh. North Hills. Like those, th- those, those seats, if those seats flip and you, and a lot, uh, probably a lot more seats in Southeastern Pennsylvania are going to flip, then you really have a chance at a trifecta and which would just give, just, you know, go ask Mayor Peduto. Go ask, you know, your city <laughs> councilor. You know, in the city. They, they, they will tell you in clear-eyed terms how big of a difference it would make yeah. in, in terms of what can happen on the city level. Go ask Rich Fitzgerald, like, you know, you know and on the county level. It would be, it'd be massive. It would be massive. I think people are starting to get it. But I don't know. we were behind the eight ball on that for a long time. You know. Hey, Henry writes... About the Mueller thing. The most surprising thing to come out of the hearing this morning is that Mueller said there are sufficient grounds to indict on obstruction when the jerk leaves office. Yeah. He didn't say the jerk. Okay. Um, he could not indict a sitting president. I just think that is such bullshit. It it's is, not it law. Is. It is. 
He could not indict a sitting president due to... But Lynn, the norms. Think about the the norms. norms. Oh, because Republicans... (laughs) All of a sudden, care about norms. Rules matter, the Lynn. Office, <laughs> the Office of Legal Counsel at the Justice Department, who the hell knows who that is, is an extraordinarily powerful human being who decided that no president can be indicted. What? We got to respect those. We got to respect those norms. I know when I go to the ballot box, I think, hmm. Who who respects the norms the most? That's who I think. <laughs> that should be on there. That should be their uh, tagline. I respect oh norms. Twenty twenty, Dito. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you had this thing, but I'm not in. I'm. I, it's too confusing for me. The U.S. Steel stuff. So I. Don't oh yeah, don't worry about that. that. Okay, yeah, thank you very much. Are you aware of this? Um, it, this school district. Oh yeah, the one in Wyoming Valley in Lucerne County. Where is Wyoming? So that's on the east. Yeah, it's near like Wilkesbury, and Scranton, kind of. So this, yeah, I mean, for those of you who didn't see it, and it's hard to believe, a Pennsylvania school district sent a letter to parents yeah. who were behind, I guess, on their paying for their kids' lunch yeah, school yeah. lunches. Yeah, they had school lunch debt, and which is it, a ridiculous concept in America, but yes. Yeah. How but do I get this shit off my... No, you went on the hill. Ugh. Well, <laughs> I, 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 okay, um, I, I right can there. see that one. Yeah. So they... Oh, boy. Okay, so they said to these parents... Yeah. Okay, here it is. Yeah. Your child has been sent to school every day without money and without a breakfast and or lunch. This is a failure to provide your child with proper nutrition, and you can be sent to dependency court for neglecting your child's right to food. And if you are taking to dependency court, the result may be your child being removed from your home and placed in foster care. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, there's he a reason it made headline news, right? Like the superintendent yeah. was it the superintendent, the yeah. school board president. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. who. Yeah, I think it was both. Um, they and I and did you hear that the latest is some uh, deep pocketed? Uh, yeah, Todd Carmichael, who uh, who owns uh, or was the founder of La Colombe Coffee Chain, which is a in, coffee chain in Philly. In Philly, area, area. Yeah. he told the school district. Hey guys, I'll pay whatever your whatever money you need. What was the debt for all these people? Twenty two thou. I'll write you a check. And you know what they said? The same people who wrote the letter threatening to take their children away. They said they turned it down. No. It's ridiculous. What? Could you imagine could you imagine a concerned citizen of your state? Um like turning down a donation to the school district this is the punitive nature that that, you know that they want to establish and say like oh they're probably under the wrong assumption that all these people are just scamming the school district because they don't want to pay for lunch no one does that people who don't pay for their kids lunch most likely can't pay it's only a couple bucks like you know and so like this idea that like that's why and that's why it's blown into this huge story. There's because, no yeah. such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but why wouldn't we want to give our kids, our public school kids, Ugh. free lunch? Let's talk about that. Man, that's ridiculous. Um, but I think this story is so indicative uh, of what you were just talking about. Local elections matter. matter. Whenever, they should figure out figure out when out. this school board every single person on that school board is up for election ask them what they think about this and find out, out what their role and then vote them out if probably they probably school board and stuff like that these people only win by like a few hundred votes it's not even that hard to beat these people like That's especially right. in like uh, a more rural area like the Wyoming Valley like so that's what's just like one of those things that like if you're not paying it, you should be paying attention to this stuff because it's really easy to affect policy. Because when you pay attention on a local level, it doesn't take that much to unseat That's people. That's true. Like you have more power on the local yes, level, and you, so many harder, people do not exercise that power. So much harder to unseat a member yeah, of Congress. Really. So much, so much harder to unseat a senator, especially if you're from a really big state like Pennsylvania. 
Um, and then, of course, when you get down to like national politics and the president, I mean, it's almost that's where it becomes really hard. But you can have so much power if you go to a couple board school, um, you know, school board meetings and and, uh, you know, see see what kind of organizing you can do around an issue. Like, it's crazy. If you show up with 10 people, they'll probably be like, oh, I've never seen this many people here that's in my right. life. <laughs> uh, OK, they're watching us. Uh -oh. yeah, I guess we have to be held accountable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, we're out of time. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I, I got to we'll talk about the Mueller report tomorrow. Good. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.